Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back today with episode six coverage of Peacock's Vampire Academy. Um, if you haven't listened to our Sonia interview that is um, with Janetta Kaiser, who plays Sonia Carp, who is a bad bitch. Uh, go check that out. Just want to start at the top with that because that was a great conversation and it pumped us up to death. Um, episode six was kind of jumping into the Royal tour. Really good episode. I still think episode five was my favorite. I think five ranks at the top for me. What do you guys think boys? I'm of the same mind. I think episode five was definitely better. And that kind of had that high intensity. The novices are on their own. You don't know what's going to happen. So the stakes were a little bit higher. I feel like this episode six focused a little bit more on the political maneuvering and just kind of some separate storylines there. But again, like you, I thought it was a really good episode. I was thoroughly entertained. And speaking of that Janetta Kaiser interview, this was... Kind of an important episode for Sonia. I think there's going to be some uh, fallout from her actions in here. So definitely check out the interview. Yeah, it was cool because uh, Janetta knew the material so much. Uh, She was teaching us some things that she wasn't meaning to. Um, And when she was talking about, you know, she's Sonia's a spirit user. So it kind of like takes her her like life force from her. She didn't say those exact words, but we're like kind of seeing it more like, all right, there's, there's an actual downside to using this power. So we're getting a little bit more about that and those details. Like B Tom said, we're getting more of the political side and the scheming, some moves between Vic and Tatiana. Um, but I will say, yeah, episode five, I think was better just because it was the tone setter. Like we were talking about, like episode five, it was the show that, or the episode that was like, all right, Characters aren't safe. We can kill anybody. Like, don't get too attached. So in that sense, episode five is spirit. But this was great. This was a great setup episode. We got a lot of information about lots of different things. And we got a lot of smooching, too. And that's always good. We lots got of lots, of, lots of people smooching. Love a smooch. Shout out me and Meredith, finally. <laughs> Clenched it. Love to see it. Clench? Clench. Clinch? Clenched Clinch? it. Clenched it. Clenched your ass. <laughs> you clench your butt cheeks and you clench the the clench the the title. Clench the NFCs. Clench your butt cheeks together. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Moving on here. Um. No. But yeah. But good let's abs- jump in. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's take us in. in. First scene is Rose kind of going into this very important ceremony the molnia is that what they yep. call the tattoo title and that. that is that is the title of the app um and we're kind of getting flashbacks of her relationship with mikhail it finally highlighted their little secret foot handshake thing so now it didn't go over my head like it did in our last recording but you know, she's reading this email from Janine saying, sorry, I can't be there, but this is a rite of passage for guardians. The getting your full, uh, first Molnia, it's like very, very important. I'm proud of you. I don't think she said I'm proud of you because her mom's like never proud of her. But like I read between the lines, it's a big deal. But while she's at this ceremony, she's getting flashbacks of Mikhail and she just runs out. She can't do it. And that leads us into a conversation between Lissa and Rose where they're just kind of catching up. And it's like the typical Lissa telling her, oh, don't blame yourself, Rose. Mikhail like turns to Goy. It's not your fault. You had to kill him. And then they start talking about Jesse Zeklos and kind of getting the ball rolling on what 
Lissa's plotline is going to be rolling into the the royal tour this whole episode and seeking out the Saint Vladimir expert. Can I have a controversial opinion here? Love Not it. allowed. I'm just a little bored of Lissa. I'm like, I just don't. I don't know what it is because it's, it should be cool what she's doing, right? Sonia gets the better spirit user stuff, right? She's she's doing these big things that's making her like act a different way. Lissa's doing a lot of small things, but I don't know. Do, I, can you guys articulate maybe why it's not yeah. as exciting? Totally on the same page with you. I, I don't know why, because it seems like um, like the main character split almost between like Lissa and Rose. It's really hard to tell if there's like a leading one. And you're like, yeah, I mean, maybe Rose because she has all that action. But Mia is just kind of I don't know if she, if she just had to be sad for all those first few episodes because her family died. Like she's not like maybe her usual self. Um, so that definitely kind of brings it down a little bit. But I will say after this episode, I think this episode sets her up really nice to learn some great list of stuff in, in the next episode, if not the ones after that. You know, this one's setting up a cool adventure. Um, the, the last line that the guy says to her. But yes, I, I agree. I mean, if I had to, like, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit uh, when the Lissa comes on the screen, because I know that storyline's not going to be as great as, as Rose or everybody's, but I think it's building up to be something awesome at the end of the season. And I think it's less exciting because she's trying to do it the right way. She knows that these powers have downsides. So she's like treading very lightly, like seeking out the experts so that she doesn't do anything wrong. Whereas Sonia doesn't know any better, or maybe she's just at a point where she doesn't give a fuck anymore. So she's just like going all in healing, whoever she can, whatever. Um, But I was kind of touching on this in one of our previous recordings. She seems very much like an Elena character who was our main protagonist in Vampire Diaries. And she is very quick to go to the damsel in distress. She always needs like in this episode, she was absolutely helpless in that tunnel scene. Like she couldn't do a damn thing. She was relying on the guardians to save her. She is relying on Jesse Zeklos to get her quorum back. She re- relies on Victor to be politically savvy for her. And she relies on Rose to be her muscle. It's like, she's not really, she has to get all of the information about her powers from this Adrian character. Like she herself is not making moves. Yeah. So that's totally. why I think you're not like, attracted to her like you are the other characters but that's not to say she's bad nor that she doesn't have sky high potential because she has the coolest power in the game speaking of powers i do want to go back on on something i was talking about uh, through episodes one through five i didn't realize how to taboo it was to use your power your elemental powers as a weapon not even on people just using it in general apparently is like really frowned upon you know mia and uh, Christian kind of talked about it on this episode when she says, hey, can you like teach me? Um, and Christian went on to say, yeah, my aunt came in and taught me even though it was taboo. So I'm like, oh, OK, is it taboo? Be- I, I, I didn't know is because, oh, your family wants to grow. But it was like, no, it seems using your elemental powers as a weapon in any form is a sin that you'll get your your markings on that, that Mia did. So. I was complaining. Why isn't Christian using his flames on the end of Shiroi? Probably not supposed to. Lean, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I mean, this next scene is all about that, right? Mia gets in trouble because of the Jesse thing. Last week, we said it'd be pretty sick in character building if he doesn't 
like <laughs> narc on her. And then here he is. First, uh, Mia's getting ready to go to the royal tour. She's very like Anne Hathaway in Devil Wears Prada. Get get taking notes for Meryl Streep and knowing exactly what to tell her in her ear before she walks up and says hi to somebody. Things like that. And then Sonia ends up going. But yeah, so Victor's husband, I cannot remember what the other dad's name Robert? is. Maybe. Yeah, that actually does ring a bell. Robert, maybe Robbie. Um, <laughs> Robbie's like magic is forbidden, right? So that I, that actually just confirmed what probably Sonia or not Sonia, Janetta couldn't tell us because I said to her like, "That's annoying. Like, fight for yourselves, you wuss." And then, <laughs> and then now we know that just fighting and using it at for battle is a sin. I think they well, can use it in different ways, but I don't think they can use it to like hurt as people. a weapon. I yeah. think is there's their verbiage. I feel like that can't be right though, because what's it tab? Is it taboo to use it as a weapon against Dragoy? Like it was Wait. definitely taboo for Mia to use it against a royal. I just yeah. feel like their royals can't have limitations on it. Like that would kind of not make a whole lot of sense. Maybe it does though. I feel like. In the context that Christian said it, it wasn't enough to confirm that that is the law of the land. Well, I mean, he Maybe. straight up says, you know, my aunt came in and taught me these powers, even though it was taboo and we're not supposed to. Well, I'm wondering if that's like what you said. Maybe it's just because his family was no longer Royal Maroy because they went Stragoy. Okay. Also, Robert here, when, you know, the dude comes in, summons Mia, uh, he looks at me and it was like, tell me you didn't use your powers. You know, yeah. using your powers in the form of a, a, a weapon, you know, is taboo, like is a sin. I think he calls it. Um, yeah. So he call it a sin. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like, like you're saying, I don't think Christian would be going around like flicking this fire throughout all of St. Vladimir's around if it was taboo to do that in normal but just to use it in general as a weapon is sin. And my thought process is the same reason they don't want you to know about spirit users. They're trying to just yeah. lessen the knowledge because, you know, if, if they can use these, if they train to use these powers as a weapon, they could easily overthrow, you know, the council or, or whatever, reform the, the government, <clears throat> whatever they call it, their sovereignty. So it's just another form of suppression, it, it seems like. I buy it. Me too. So now we kind of go on tour, right? Mia's pissed. Sonia, yeah, hops in. She says, you know, I can take your place. I'll take your notes and everything like that. And we see her notes later. And my God, <laughs> yeah, she, she does Insane. go in deep. Insane. But we get kind of an overview of the queen and we learn a little bit here. So it seems like a queen's term is 200 years. Did you get that? Because she says she's been in her term's been 200 years, right? Then when she's doing this little spiel, she's like, usually this is like party town. Everyone's like visiting old friends, whatever. But now it's also mm -hmm. a caucus because they're picking the new queen or king. And she said this could like alter whatever for the next 200 years. So mm -hmm. it seems like two decades is kind of like the max. And centuries. Yes. <laughs> sorry. Centuries. Did I say decades before? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm not sure if that was just how long she happened to be alive and ruling or I was thinking maybe yeah, that I, was just like Max. Yeah, I don't know if it's a set in stone 200 thing or if that's just how long she was. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think like her her birthday, it was her 200th birthday, and maybe that just lined up perfectly with like the end of her 100-year term. I don't think we have specifics definitely there, but totally what you're saying, Kathleen, it's not like she's old and can't do it anymore. It's like her term is up. So she also had the the comment, all of you want me to pick a successor, but there's such Mm. political divide right now that I can't because it's just going to be political turmoil. So on this tour, try to put all your differences aside, talk to each other, figure out who's the best representative and who's going to be a future king. And Tatiana and Vic look at each other and they're like, we're not going to get along. We're not setting part of differences. Probably a good move by the queen to just not get any blood on her hands, but I'm sure she knows that this royal tour is going to be a bloodbath if like all of these two sides are just button heads with each other the whole time. Um, Though that scene kind of takes us into this, I just refer to it as the royal ball. There's whenever there's a bunch of scene of people in like white tuxes and shit partying, that's the royal ball. And this is where we see Lissa kind of ask Jesse and then petition to Lord Zeklos asking for an invite to what is it, the Ivashkov Trust Foundation party, which is where she can get some one on one time with uh, Adrian, the same Vladimir expert. But this is where we see Sonia use her empath abilities because she can't make sense of Mia's notes on the iPad. She's like, fuck it. Let me just see what I can find. And she discovers one that Jesse is terrified of her dad and two that Lord Zeklos is really ashamed of Jesse being his son. And she communicates that to Victor just for some political ammunition. Yeah, she's looking through the notes and she's like, if red and blue go to purple, if purple and green go to yellow. And it's just, she's like, oh, I can't do this. Fuck this. I'm just going to close my eyes because that, that's so much better. And, and it worked. And she saw their auras and it was pretty cool. Um, and if you did pause on the slides a little bit, she did uh, you know, slide past Dane Zeklos, Jesse's father. Um, we learned that their elemental sign is air. I don't know if we knew that before. But that's just really cool. And then it goes on to the little description about him and Mia saying, uh, yeah, he looks like the perfect, you know, representative of the household on the front. But, you know, if, if you turn to, you know, the dark side of him, it seems like he will give up. He will accept any payment if that means putting his political position higher up. And family is like a very, very last concern for him. Uh, as we can see so it's just cool that they kind of threw that in there it it is nice it does teach us a little bit for people that are willing to pause and look at it so it's really cool like we needed to know that dane zeklos is a dick bag though you didn't feel the fatherly love when he grabbed his balls and said these are mine yeah nice little (laughs) fatherly son fondle that was wild that scene so uh, these are mine (laughs) cut them off if you ruin it with lissa yeah yeah daddy issues This party is very Bridgerton, like very Bridgerton. Ever since I read that thing in the beginning of last episode that it that it um, name dropped all the different series that it's like, this is so Bridgerton. It's like hoity toity fancy, but can't ruin your image. The Sonya empath stuff is so cool. Like that was really she could read minds kind of like read a, a vibe and like she heard legit things that happened in their past. Yeah, that's crazy. Jesse, Jesse yelling like, dad, please stop. And then, you know, Dane's that close. It's like, you're a disgrace. Like she yeah. hears all of this. And then when Vic comes back and she was and he was like, ah, so what did Mia, you know, have to say about uh, the Zeklos? She was able to give him that information just by passively absorbing like 
their aura or whatever the hell it was. It's really cool. Oh, I also have a question. So we meet Mason's dad in this episode and he seems like an absolute just like swindler, like bad mm. guy. He's he's making money moving Roy mm-hmm. who lost their guardians to the relocation centers. And they're making like five. He's making five thousand mirrors per head. But I wasn't really sure why they had to be moved. Like, so the so, non-royal Maroi lost their guardians because they pulled them off of them, right? I, yes. And I understood that's because of the recent Strigoi attacks. They needed to reallocate guardians to support whatever endeavors, you know, prioritizing themselves, the Maroi, and that left everybody else undefended by guardians. So those people... The Maroi, instead of just leaving them undefended, I assume they're just like taking them away from their homes and forcing them to relocate. Yeah, I think nice. they were. They called it the communes again. We we heard a lot about the communes, mm-hmm. and I think it's just a safe, quote unquote, place. Um, and yeah, it's it's directly coming from um, or caused by Vic of the Council when he kind of takes that deep breath and he's like, "What if?" We remove the guardians from other mm. Moroi, blah, blah, blah. So, and they said that line, like, even your husband would be unprotected. So, I'm just waiting for hubby Robbie to be attacked because he doesn't have a guardian and Vic is going to be like distraught with himself. Yeah. And this is, we see, um, who who's there? Tatiana is there talking oh. to her advisor. And essentially, they're just like, we may have underestimated Sonia mm. Carp because. They see her talk to Victor and Victor immediately take her advice. Yeah. yeah they were like, mm. he is targeting your base. Like Dane Zeklos could flip all the votes and you would lose. And mm-hmm. uh, so Tatiana just just goes and was like, all right, let me plant my poisonous seeds. She was in rare form this whole episode. My yeah, gosh. Like we didn't know when to hate her anymore. <laughs> like she goes up to um, Mason's dad um, saying, you know, uh, more guardians in the field to protect the royals. Like, that's the right way. Like, you're doing it like the the proper way. Um, and this is when the guardians, so Rose, Meredith, Eddie, some other shrub, they're all secretly talking about, or they're whispering to each other about what they're overhearing. And Eddie's giving Rose the information that this is Mason's dad, and he's a total dickbag totally abusing his situation and people that need help. Um, also learns that Rose learns here, this is what's happening to all the Moroi that are losing guardians. They're actually being relocated and he's in charge of it. So she's like, oh, wait, this little village isn't that where Mikhail was from. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah. So she somehow is able to just walk out, walk to this guard. is like, hey, I killed a Strigoi. Even though I'm a novice, put me where I want to go. And he's like, whatever, just fucking talk to head of uh, head of security. And she's like, who the fuck's that? It's Hunkulis. That's who. It, it's, it's, it, it's the boy. It's easy to just give Rose what she wants. Like, it's easier mm-hmm. that way. She's going to act up if you don't. <laughs> so just like, let her go. But going back before we go to like Rose and, and Dimitri stuff, do have we met Silver before? No. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. we have? That when? is all of Jesse's background. Like, this is one of the root reasons why Lord Zeklos is ashamed of him because she is a, a human. She's a blood. Is she a human? She's either a blood whore, Dampier, or she's a feeder human. Um, I want to say well, she's definitely a blood whore. I, we've talked multiple times. I don't know the definition if you need to be <laughs> a Dampier or a human to be that. Um, but yes, we have seen her. We've actually seen her mm-hmm. boobs before. 
because this is where uh, she can't Jessie be human. Her... She has to be a blood whore. Damn, a blood whore. Okay. I yeah, I really. It's amazing. I haven't looked this up to confirm. Yeah, really. All three of us. I mean, like, I googled it and I couldn't find anything. I'm too yeah, it's scared. a little up in the air too, and I'm not going combing through those wikis just in case, you know. Yes, exactly. Once the season ends, hardcore research. I think the important thing is that she is definitely lower on the social hierarchy, and that pisses off Lord Zeklos. But she, this girl Silver, is there with one of Lord Zeklos's business associates, who apparently has an exotic taste and doesn't really give a fuck, and just have his little arm candy there but she makes a point to confront jesse and be like oh hey i'm here too fancy seeing you at which point she just walks away and then jesse runs after her in the hallway and they kind of have this this one-on-one where she just says i'm with that dude because he isn't ashamed to have me with him in public see how that works Mm -hmm. And Jesse's just there with his jaw on the floor, at which point his father is there to pick it right up and grab him by the balls. Mm-hmm. Mm. These are mine. <laughs> wow. I just, I just like he can't hate his dad anymore. Like we saw him in the beginning and we didn't get too much. We just, you know, see Jesse and then we slowly find out why Jesse's such a piece of shit. And it's like, yeah. well, his dad is a horrible, horrible person. And yeah, she had that. uh <laughs> that great line where she just shuts him down. He's like, Hey, why don't we ditch, ditch that guy and come explore with me? And she's like, no. And I was like, damn, what a shot. To the <laughs> yep. ego. And then this is, it's directly related to this. And his, and his dad grabbing his nuts that he walks back in, goes to his guardian entourage and is like, we're leaving. I'm not staying here. This is bullshit. So, what what's the vibe on this Jesse Zeklos character right now? It do we think he's going to undertake some character growth? Like at some point, is he gonna turn the corner and just be a good guy, or do we think it is just down and down and down for this guy? I he really yes. I gotta say, I am hoping so much for a turnaround because they're showing him first. They introduced him as a dick, and they showed why he was a dick. And then they showed him kind of standing up to his dad at the end of this episode. So I'm hoping he turns around. I'm hoping he goes to Silver and was like, look, I was ashamed to be in public with you because my dad was ashamed of me to be seen in public with you and all this other stuff. He was like, everything I tried to portray was because my dad, now I don't give a shit about him. Let me suck your neck or something like that. Yeah. No, I, I, I he has to have a redemption arc. Yeah. It's- but we ain't seeing anything yet because yeah. his next move being like, we're leaving now to the four guardians or novice yeah. guardians, just like asking for trouble. So fucking annoying. Everything he does is so annoying. So yeah. I like to think that he forced Lissa to leave and Meredith made the call like, let's follow these two and see how this plays out. I like to think Meredith didn't have to do that, but her instincts as a guardian flagged that something was wrong and she followed Oh, yeah. I mean, they had to like the guardians in them were like, fuck, they, yeah. they had to go. Are yeah. they attached to them right now? Like, are they their guardians? Like, shouldn't they? They're Royal Maroi. Shouldn't they have their own legit guardians? No. What's his face? Uh, when Rose went out and talked to that dude, when she demanded relocation detail, whatever, he was just like, no, all novices are supposed to guard the, mo- the party right now. Like, that's where you're at. All There's the real shit. guardians are out there. They're just so supposed to that, watch the yes. tour happen. So yeah, I guess they oh, were just it. they were Saint Vladimir's guardians. So they were just following wherever the Saint Vladimir people went. Um, speaking of Saint Vladimir, back there though, 
we get Mia getting her punishment. Ooh. You know, we have him up on the altar. But uh, I wonder if we know anybody behind the weird masks that we couldn't really see through that looked a lot like Squid Game. Um, it did. It did. It did. Yeah, look a yeah lot. for sure. I was thinking that. <laughs> but yeah, like some priest or monk speaking old Maroy saying like, you know, please forgive this water elemental user for using her powers as a weapon and, you know, being disgraced and breaking sin. And she just gets on the, the back of her hand, on her palm, on each hand, she gets some yeah. sigil. Wild. Paul, you mentioned it in one of the previous recordings that the monks, you can't wait to learn more about them. I grouped these dudes with the Squid Game masks on that. I feel like they're the great unknown of this series. Like, what is this religion going on in the background? Who are these people in this full garb? Whatever. We'll stick and pin in that. It's um, definitely going to be big because Tatiana yeah. talks about, like, our faith and this, the monks, like, are assuming their religion and their faith yeah i mean and, and run everything all the schools are named after saint vladimir saint ignatius so the their faith means a lot to them but yeah. like i said stick a pin in that uh another thing we were talking professor umbridge in the last recording you want to talk professor umbridge this is the exact same punishment wow i oh, didn't even put that with together. The pencils on the back yeah wow yeah. I forgot about that. It's been a while since Harry I... Potter, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Wow. Me has looked a little bit worse, if I'm honest, but still neither look uh, look great. I didn't think it was going to be brandy. I thought they're just going to shove something yeah. straight through her fucking hand. I was like, ah. yeah. <laughs> I was glad it was only a branding. Honestly, yeah. at that point. I was thinking the worst, but that sucks. After her branding, though, we go to a scene where Christian's just walking with the feeder, who we've now seen several times. And essentially, he's just talking, venting really about everything, about Lissa, about the Strigoi, et cetera, et cetera. And this feeder essentially just gives him a smile and says, oh, of course, anything for you, anytime. Is this woman sus as all hell? <laughs> I like just only noticed that this episode. But like the past four episodes, she's just been like, I'll always listen to you. Just keep talking to me. I I think she's like a little bird. I think she's listening and mm -hmm. feeding info to other people. And it's so funny because I'm like, they're besties. Like they're really besties. But they you're are. right. So if if Jesse has daddy issues, Christian has mommy issues. And and he is like talking to her like he would a mom or something mm -hmm. like he's just really needing that. And he probably doesn't realize that she's sus as fuck. Yeah, I can't tell. I was getting the same vibes like yeah. in the beginning, episode one, like Victor. I was like, is this guy good or bad? Turns out to be like the goodest guy. Legend. So so now I'm like, I, I can't see where this chick's at. She could either, you know, definitely undermine Christian. And because I feel like we've seen her. We've seen her a lot with Christian, but I feel like we've seen her once or twice with like the queen or like some other political person. So I, I have to go back and double check, but yeah, I, I mean, they hear everything, right? They're feeders. Yeah. They even say that. So that's like the perfect informant. Like, yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just one to, it was a throwaway. Like she was only on screen for 10 seconds here, but they're reminding us that she's there and listening to everything. So something to keep an eye on. But after he's like, oh, I'll see you later, feeder. Uh, Mia is just like chilling there, leaning on a wall. I don't know, kicking rocks, doing what Mia does. <laughs> and uh, she's they're just kind of like, oh, I'm so over it. Aren't you over it? He's like, I'm so over it. And Mia asks him to teach her magic the way that he knows. Yes. And that's really it. 
pretty cool pairing. I just put, I love that these two are on the screen together at the same time, getting some one-on-one. Yeah, I talked about that a few episodes ago. The ability to just get two main characters that you usually don't see together and just send them off on their own mission. The chemistry actually really works. And I actually really like Mia and Christian together. I was talking a little smack on Mia in the beginning episodes because they couldn't really flesh out her character. She was just a salty person who was supposed to be queen. And then, you know, her fiance died, so she was losing everything. Now that we're getting to see some more of her, she's really cool. And I like her a lot. Mia's taken, so don't get any funny ideas there. Yeah, Meredith. I love that. I'll fight Meredith for Um, (laughs) She'll kick your ass. (laughs) Absolutely destroy me. But then we got, um, what is this, Coroni Village, the the village that Mikhail is from. Um, Mm. Rose and Dimitri pull up because this is where she got relocated. And she says to Dimitri, you know, I'm having horrible dreams. I just see Mikhail over and over again. Maybe if I come here and see their sister and their father and ask for forgiveness, you know, maybe that'll help. She walks in. Sasha looks at her and goes, fuck you, Rose. The yeah. first first words, I was like, well, you should have been expecting that, which is exactly what Rose says. Yep, should have been expecting that. But Dimitri yeah. follows her out, and it turns out Mikhail's dad is the homie. This dude rocks. Yes. I loved that he called her the brilliant wild card. He's like, oh, Mikhail talked yeah. about you, the brilliant wild card. I'm like, that's great for Rose, my favorite mm. character, Rose. My main character. So the main thing we get from this conversation is he, he says, can I see the Molna? And she's like, I didn't get it. I couldn't disrespect his memory like that. Father goes in to say, you know, the one thing he feared more than anything was to be turned. And you saved him from that. You know, the mark honors his life, not the thing he became. So he would have done the same from you. She's basically sold. That was the that was the big thing we got from this conversation. A little world building thing we got, which was really cool, was when she's talking to him, she's like, Oh, you're Maroy and you raised Ampiers. And he goes on to say, mm-hmm. When their mother died, they couldn't I couldn't let them be raised by strangers in a commune. So I brought him here and we're a family. So this kind of goes on to our questions we were having about what exactly happens with them peers um, because it seems like their fathers, like you guys were saying, are Royals or something like that. Just come in, spread their seed and then dip out. And it's up to their mothers to raise guardians. Um, it's literally only for the sake of protecting the Maroi. Like, like we are getting episode three, episode four, whatever that mm-hmm. was. I'm so, really not going to lie. I'm still confused about all of that. So confused about all of it. <laughs> like, literally. I yeah, I, I'm just it's, confused. It's super weird, too, because later, I mean, not even later, very soon, we'll get Mia and Christian talking about it. And Mia's like, I tried to go find my birth father one time because I wanted to know why he left me as a, as a child and all this stuff. So it, it's so confusing. I mean, she's like, she was almost queen and, and she was. Uh, Who's almost know. queen? Uh, Mia. Yeah. Mia almost ha- right. married Andre. Right? There's two Andres now, which is no, why are there two Adrian Andres? and Andre. Oh, okay. Adrian. Adrian no. and Andre. Wait, yeah, yeah. no, I think it actually is. It's no, it's Andres? Adrian. It's Adrian. Okay, okay. hundred percent sign sealed delivered. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool, uh, yeah. cool. I was getting confused. But uh <laughs> but yes, we learned whatever. This Sasha's father, Mikhail's father, literally seems like like the running of an orphanage. He's just trying to take care of the 
child of Miss or the island of misfit toys. It seems like all, it all seems guardians. like communes are not good places to be. And he took it upon the, himself to provide them like a better home alternative to the commune. And yeah. he like provided them a family rather than just like a stranger being forced to raise them. Yeah. This guy, yeah, this guy is good news. Um, yeah. So we do get a quick scene right here of uh, Jesse and Lissa coming back. I want to say that just for because we're going to do this real quick scene in this village. Dimitri, you know, when Rose walks outside, Dimitri's talking to Sasha. You know, uh, he's yelling at Sasha, you know, come back, take your punishment. Um, apparently, the Maroi that were left in the village, that their guardians, you know, aren't there anymore. We already talked about it. You know, she's saying, you know, stay here. I'll protect you. Don't like be uncomfortable or whatever. And leave your home, I guess, is what she was saying. And she was speaking out against the council. Um, So she's also saying, you know, let my dad die here. Let me be here with him while he dies. Like, this is ridiculous. Instead of him dying on the trip, Dimitri tries. She's like, you will come and face tribunal. And she's like, no, you can suck a dick and walks away. (laughs) I love that about her. Yeah. The Um, rules, I could never. I could never with all these rules. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Paul. I, I didn't want to get um, too crazy with the scenes here just to bring it back into order. Um, we get Rose coming out here to talk to Dimitri. Oh, this is why you brought me. This is why we're here to move them into a commune. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, I didn't think you'd like it. Yeah, so no shit. one specific thing, though, is that the Guardian's directive was to just like relocate all the stragglers. But Dimitri specifically was sent to acquire Sasha and make her face tribunal. Yes, because she was speaking out. Like, Correct. Yeah, exactly. So Rose and Demetri are having this conversation, and then all of a sudden she gets that gut pain, and she's like, uh-oh, Liz is in trouble. I, I can sense it. So just to jump back a, a half a second, we actually got a scene before this where the whole youngins, the novices, the guardians, Meredith, Eddie, are escorting Lissa and Jesse back home. They get into a tunnel, bunch of rubble blocking the way all of a sudden mm-hmm. rubble drops from the other the entrance where they got in so they can't escape and i was so mad when they all got out of the car to look at it like oh what is this what is this trap up here um, um yeah a real guardian would notice this is not look good let's fucking leave but they're like oh let's let's get out and move these rocks now the lucky and convenient thing here is that there was an expendable guardian who was driving the car and he within 10 seconds gets his head ripped clean off. Mm -hmm. And if he wasn't there, that could have been Eddie or Meredith, but he was there. (laughs) So it wasn't, which is great. We had this fodder conversation episode, uh, Mm -hmm. episode five. You're like, all right, two guardians. I don't recognize on a dangerous trip. Okay, cool. You're dead. The Strigoys are like, getting smart like yeah the way they yeah. originally explain them you think they're like walking dead right they're like they have no brain but they're gonna run at you and try and eat you if they can but this feels like they're calculated they know they at least know some skills to trap people you know it's, it's definitely i i'm they're different than i got than the impression i got in the yes. first episode like coordinated planning is what they're yeah. doing and now now we do s- after the St. Jude massacre, we were speculating that they had help on the inside. That could still be the case, like someone non is helping them coordinate this rubble or whatever. It's I'm, Andre. I, 
Andre doesn't even have physical form as far as I know right now. So how is he supposed to move any rubble? We never saw his dead body. We just saw the. I saw uh, his face bounce against the seat 20 times. A million times. (laughs) Yeah. But I was actually. uh, So Emily is started watching now. uh, And I was hyped about that. And I was sitting down watching episode one. And Lissa constantly makes a point in episode one to say, like, like everything changed in an accident that I can barely even remember. Um, yeah. so, like something happened. We didn't see where the bodies went. We didn't see them burn. I don't believe. So I, who knows? Maybe it is Adrian out here. Did I say that Andre. Right? Andre. I, I was going to say Adrian. Jason's going to have a fit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we do get an Andre sighting. Do we want to, I mean, first of all, let's say Meredith gets sliced up and before Lissa can cure her, they're like ripping, put throwing her on her shoulder and running away because they got saved by a bunch of other guardians, which was really good timing because she was about to get got. It was just a flesh wound though. Meredith is fine as we find out later. Yeah, honestly. But this is like the most... Uh, Andre, we've gotten. I think we get Andre twice this episode, don't we? Like maybe like a quick flash and then a longer flash. Maybe I'm thinking of last episode, but this episode we do get Andre, which is great. We get him twice, yeah. So the first scene is, I guess I can fast forward us once they collect themselves after this Stragoy attack. Um, Jesse and Lissa just walk into a mansion. I'm not sure exactly where they are, but. They confront each other and Jesse's just like, oh, those freaking guardians should have been protecting us. And Lissa is just like, are you kidding me, dude? You forced us to leave the party before the convoy. Otherwise, we would have been fine. This is on you. Jesse once again gets like physical and it's just like we need to get married immediately because he's he just got like threatened by his dad. You see where he's coming from, but like you can't justify where he's coming from. And at that point, Lissa takes it upon herself to impulse him and just be like, Get the fuck away from me, dude. That fast forwards us to her getting a nice little green envelope with the official invite to the Voshkov Trust Foundation party. And we see our boy Andre saying, that's my girl. Now go get it done. Love it. Yeah. I, I'm like wondering when they're going to bring him back in a like legit way. There's no way he's just here to be like, and then bounce every like once a episode like we need a, the full first of all i think we're gonna get the full ass car accident scene at some point right we've got to sure. see that and then i think that he's he's come on right i <laughs> you just want it so bad i want it so bad so do i, I. Don't know. all thoughts concerns opinions definitely gotta have a big uh, move coming up. I, he's got to be involved somehow. So I want to say he's alive because he's he keeps showing up. He's telling Lissa to go do something like through the dreams. I don't know if he that was his last wish before he died, but like he has some type of plan or had some type yeah. of plan. So yeah, like right when he, uh, I think you said it right when she gets the note. She's like, all right, like that's my girl. Now go get it done. Thank you. You're like, welcome. Um, <laughs> so yeah he's he's gotta be in it yeah i feel like 
clarity over exactly what happened car accident night is like season finale territory so i'm, I'm yeah. pretty good just waiting until then uh to see what's good like paul said we did miss a scene there squished in between kind of the tunnel attack and that's where christian is just teaching mia how to use her powers honestly the CGI, whatever you want to call it, is pretty decent. No complaints there. She's like got her little water bubble. Um, and her complaint is that it keeps like running away from me. The same thing happened with Jesse. Like my powers are getting away from me. Um, Christian just like gets a little fireball, which is dope. He, they, I wonder if they told him to do that crazy shit with the sand or he just did it. Either way, Christian, you're killing it, dude. And this is where we get the backstory that he learned everything from his aunt, even though it was taboo. And it really helped him cope with his parents going Strigoi. Like, that's just how he got through it. He poured himself into it. And that's how he got so good. Yeah. Um, And then we also get the reveal or Christian gets the reveal that Mia is aware of the whole your parents are still alive and they led the attack on St. Jude's. Not a lot of people know that if you want to confide in me and just talk about it, I'm here for you, which is awesome of Mia to do. Yeah. Like I said, Mia's Mia's great. They even have a line where when Christian pulls out the fire to dry them off, she's like, thank you. And he's like, oh, I think that's the first time I ever heard that. And she's like, I'm not that bad or I don't mean to be. And then it's like, all right, yeah, I, I, I get it. You did have like pretty much your life completely diverted off of one night. So you can be a annoying and complain for a few episodes. Yeah. I mean, she's just says like a perpetual trip on her shoulder. That's just her character, but Mia makes her a softy and it's real or Meredith makes her a softy and it's, it's good stuff. Mm. But, um, isn't this when we, Sonia calls her, she gets a call from Sonia, her skin, Sonia skins turning black. There's, there's like, like the next scene, but it's a oh. continuation of this one. They're just still like kind of gapping about their parents. And Christian's just like, I have so many questions for my mom. Like, why would they do that? And Mia's just like, you can't be so naive as to think like they just wanted to live happily ever after Estragoy with you. Like, you got to be realistic about this situation. That gets mm-hmm. cut short by the phone call where Sonia just says, hey, Mia, something's happened to Meredith. And Mia's out of there, drops mm-hmm. everything she's doing. One thing yeah, they and did. she's the, she looks right at at Meredith all effed up and is like, "This is what Shrigoy do. Like, do not forget. Yeah. This is yeesh." Yeah. Uh, another thing they had in the beginning of that conversation, right before Sonya called, is um, they were actually talking about, and Mia was asking Christian, "How did you not get expelled for all the boxes mm. of that are just showing up in your room?" And he was like. They just want to keep it quiet. They're still f- trying to figure out how the boxes got there in the first place. He says the verbiage, how my parents p- put snuck the boxes in. It's not confirmed that it's his parents. I doubt it is. I, I figure it's somebody manipulating him. It's yeah, probably it's the of, feeder. Yeah, could, dude, so in. I'm so fucking in. Yeah. Didn't she say that she used to be his parents' feeder, too? Maybe I'm making that up to just fit the theory, but we're all in agreement. It's like 95% sure that it's her. 95 for sure. Maybe yeah. 96. I'm in. Eh, just reel it in a little bit. <laughs> Seriously. 1%. Don't be Make crazy. it easy there. And then we get the second best scene of the episode. Well, uh, okay. we also get Sonia wet. When she hangs up the phone, her eyes go black in the mirror. And then also like this fleshy patch is like creeping up her body. I'm not sure if that's what you were talking about. That wasn't my second favorite scene. 
No, I was not talking about that. That's I hate that for a girl. The, yeah. Seeing the skin turn black is very interesting. Like I, I didn't think it was gonna be something. It's very like concerning. That's what I would it, say. It was severely concerning. Yes, yeah, correct. I'm concerned. Um, but it, actually, it's like a tie for first on my favorite scene because one's the sexiest scene, Paul's sexiest scene, and then one is the sweetest, cutest scene, which is me and Meredith. Obviously, you know I'm obsessed with them. So maybe it's not. Second, maybe it's time for first, but I'm so glad they. Are you it. talking about the makeout scene? Is yeah, that the course. scene in question? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm I like how Christian. Bush. I like how Christian was just like, "I'm a head out." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let you guys have your alone time. I um, love that scene. But yeah, I mean, Meredith sees Mia's hands, and I was like, "Oh, fucking Jesse, I'm gonna kill him." Um, she was saying, "Oh, you can't use your powers like that again," and Mia's like, "Fuck that, I'm gonna." If it means protecting you, I'm so glad you're okay. I'm so glad you're here. Smooch. Smooch. Yeah. smooch. Now that Sonia and Mikhail are done, um, this is the couple to beat in this series. Rose and Dimitri, sorry, you're not even close. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Look, they're the power couple, obviously, but like I have voiced my concerns about this couple. It is objectively inappropriate. It's forbidden love. Yeah, objectively inappropriate. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Not if they're going to make Rose a fucking guardian ASAP. And we don't actually know Rose's age, do we? 16, 17. Rose is just going to tell everybody she's a guardian and they're going to listen. Yeah, that's how this is going to work. Literally, Um, because doesn't she have. Does she have another kill under her belt? No. Wait, yeah. Is that the end of this one? She has another kill. Yeah. This girl, man, yeah. she's a novice with multiple kills. Beast. Seems like one is not a given, even for like older guardians. Yeah. yeah, right. Why are the guardians such pushovers, man? Or maybe the Strigoi are just that strong. I don't know. I just it yeah. kind of reminds you of like House of the Dragon, where when Sir Kristen is like egging on Harwin strong and is like. Well, I know you haven't seen real battle like they're both knights and badass and wearing armor and like have sir in front of their name. But they but one has seen battle and one hasn't like that's kind of what it is, right? Like a guard, some guardians have like killed had to kill Strigoi, but others haven't because it depends on like, is it peaceful time or is it not? You know? Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> you sweet summer guardian. Either way, that is going to bring us to the Voshkov Trust Foundation party. And this party is popping off. I thought it was going to be like a black tie event, like very snooty. No, 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 no. We are breaking down the walls, man. We are. I'm sorry. I thought I was going away. That pause for emphasis was incredible. It's the ever irreverent and fabulously inappropriate Adrian. Ish Ivashkov. Yes. Yeah, this guy beast. This guy Fox. This guy I'm so yeah. so immediately in love with this guy. He's being introduced to his party, and as he's being introduced, he's just looking in the mirror, undoes his robe so you can see the speedo bulge, and he's like, "Yeah, pretty good," and walks out. And he just immediately seems like a boss. Um, uh, uh, Lisa walks up, and before she can even say anything, he's like, "You know, I was looking for you." She's, haven't even met he was like oh yeah well when i heard lady vasilissa was crashing my party i was honored right after i fired the planner that zeklo's yeah. paid off yeah. so that, that's awesome he's in the know like that's he, that's sick 
you know, he's intrigued by like mystery and trouble. And like he likes he obviously loves like a, a dope party, yeah. smoking that good, good. And she passes right the fuck out. Yeah. Like, uh, But <laughs> I knew right when she tried to compel him or whatever that's called that it didn't work. Like it looked different, didn't it? Like the she, way it like kind of bounces off of him or something. I was like, oh, yeah. that didn't. He was like, one more time. <laughs> yeah, the way he yeah. reacted to he wasn't like a robot like everybody mm-hmm. else was. Like when she told Jesse earlier, and he just turns around, he's like, uh, "Did you say what I think you said? Like, yeah. did I did I feel rumblings?" Gave him a uh, little tickle. Yes, exactly. Uh, right before that, too, they even got into it saying. You know, I love the art you preserve. And he's like, oh, sorry, no private showings and everything like that. I'm a little possessive. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if I could give you more info? And he goes, I doubt it. You know, I do extensive research before I buy a new piece. Um, and we also get Andre popping up all bloody again saying, you know, if you take no for an answer, you will regret it. So she does the persuasive spirit user power. Um I totally agree. He knew from the get go. Yeah. He was like, I, okay, okay. I'll show you just because you're one of, one of us. Um, Seems like yeah. he wanted her to do that to prove that like, maybe he heard some whispers or something. And like someone who was like really insanely into this, maybe they have the spirit user power. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he needed to her to prove it to him type. Deal. I kind of, thought he realized right in the moment like he was expecting to just reject her request and then she said that he was like wait a second one more time he also i I like to think that at least yeah i kind of skipped over but he also had the line he was like when i heard the last surviving dragomir was coming to my party i was intrigued so maybe he recognized because he does so much research he knows dragomir name you know saint vladimir was a a dragomir i'm pretty sure way back in the day i could be making that up no. i don't know if that's ever been defined yeah well it sounded good in my head when i made it up vladimir um, <laughs> dragomir nobody would ever name their kid that uh yeah it sounds good <laughs> um but anyway i was maybe he knows in the lineage in the dragomir lineage maybe there was a spirit user so he was intrigued blah 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 he is very much in the know is what i was trying to say well, the Dragomirs have some clout. I feel like people in the community would just know Lissa, the last Dragomir. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Anyway, but they do down. go down to the collection and Lissa is kind of fixated on this other wood panel. And we saw her looking at a similar wood panel back at St. Vladimir's. Um, and she notices that oh is this like part of the same set he says yes they make like one whole altarpiece i haven't found all of them this one is depicting saint vladimir entering someone's dreams and i was just like yo that's a pretty cool power for lissa to know and then he's kind of like do you want to see the centerpiece to which he shows her and it is saint vladimir but in the depiction saint vladimir has what she calls the darkness in his eyes so I feel like that was just keying. I feel like that was signaling to Lissa that St. Vladimir had the dark eyes. So it's okay, which is not probably the correct takeaway, but that seemed like what she was taking away. I don't think she thought it was okay. I think she thought it was like, oh, shit. Oh, he had it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Could be either way. Honestly, great for her for picking up. The reason she recognizes that the two pieces went together was because of the hinges 
you know, she, these hinges match once back at St. Vladimir. And he's like, yeah. wow, you got a pretty good fucking eye because they actually went together. And I feel, it feels like this altarpiece is almost like a map, right? Once you get all the pieces together, maybe one will be a little key to, to help get through all the other hidden information on all the other panels. So I really liked it. It's a really cool idea. It reminds me of Pwn Glyphs a little bit from One Piece. A little bit, yeah. Out there, yeah. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? Um, oh, stop touching the fucking art, Mia. God yeah. damn. Yeah. Every piece she walks up to, she's like, oh, let me feel the strokes. It's like n- rule number one, keep your fucking hands in your pockets. Was, she really is touching the art. I was like, stop. Yeah. Yes. Stop. Yeah, good call, Paul, because I thought the same thing. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, yes. So that will take us back to the Royal Ball, and this is where Tatiana is just egging on our girl Sonia. Essentially just like, oh, it's such a shame what happened to Mikhail. Once I'm queen and I implement better training procedures, we'll be able to identify people that aren't competent fighters so that this won't happen again. Like, oh, yeah, Mikhail was just unfit for field duty. And Sonia's just like, um, he was a great guardian. Shut your fucking mouth. That was was fighting words that those were like Tatiana's ready to fucking fist fight. And she's she's talking to the wrong girl because Sonia will literally rip her head off. She will black out and rip your head off. So (laughs) he he was one of the best guardians. And Tatiana's like, maybe it's best to remember him that way. It's like, dude, literally get punched. That's it. Because she's Um, so before that gets any we kind of jump around a lot here. I actually want to jump back because I think we did skip one quick scene between Rose and Sasha okay. back back at the village. Um, Sasha's chopping wood um, and uh, Rose comes out to apologize because she didn't apologize to her yet, just her father. Um, and they're talking, you know, the fire's meant to scare off the Strigoi because they will come tonight. And she's Sasha's like, yeah, that's true. But no, this is actually for my dad's funeral pyre because, you know, my dad's not going to make it through the night. Rose is like, you know what? You shouldn't be out here. Go spend time with the father. I'll take the watch protecting the village. Fast forward to present, and uh, we actually get like the perimeter fire now. Rose is in the middle, and Demetri comes out and is like, yeah, it's a good idea. Um, and they're talking about, you know, why is Rose doing this? Demetri's like, maybe you need this fight. I know you're hurting, and I do anything to make it stop. Well, Rose's Rose's feeling she get is not a feeling that every guardian gets like that's a special thing. She was like, they're here. That is not something that the rest of them get going back to episode one. I mean, when her and Lissa are running in, they're almost at the ward and then the Strigoi attacks because, you know, they stayed out too late. She gets that really sick pain. And then she's like, we're in trouble. And then a Strigoi drops down. So it's like, Totally like a spidey sense. It's so weird, but it's not only for Lissa. It's like also for around yeah. um, Rose. So she can like tell when Strigoi are coming. Feels like she almost has like the Sonia empath spirit thing from probably from Lissa. Like she yeah. has just a bit of the of Lissa's spirit user shit because mm-hmm. of their deep connection or whatever it is. Definitely a nifty skill for a guardian to have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good there. And I don't understand how Demetri doesn't ask more questions about this pain. I I was trying to think, is this the first time Dimitri would have seen her 
wince in pain from a Strigoi because I feel like all the other times he came after the Strigoi have already attacked. So I, I would be disappointed if he doesn't ask about it next episode. Yes. Like, uh, what was up with that tummy ache that you had right before <laughs> the Strigoi came? Yeah. yeah and how did that? you know they were here before you saw them? But yeah, so the funeral pyre is burning and Rose feels the Strigoi and sure enough, the Strigoi attack like five seconds later. And this is where we get, I call it like an end of the episode montage because they've been doing this a lot where we just flash between four people with music playing in the background. But it is Tatiana spitting her usual BS as like kind of the narrator in the background. She's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. With Victor's help, Mikhail Tanner was a traitor. And as she's kind of just spitting her usual BS, Rose and Dimitri are fighting the Strigoi. Um, and Sasha joins in after the dude's name is Kieran as Mikhail's dad dies. So all three of them are just fighting off the Strigoi. Lissa's eyes start turning black wherever she's at in the mansion as do Rose at the same time. And then our third black eyed person, Sonia just goes absolutely goblin mode on Tatiana. Tatiana. Yeah. She just cannot handle Mikhail being called a traitor. Um, yeah. Can I call them the black eyed threes? Cause uh-huh. that's oh, just good. like, yeah, absolutely if you didn't. beautiful. Um, yeah. So when like it happened to Lissa Rose was in the middle of the fight, got the black eyes and froze up. Sasha comes in and save her. That's another time that we've seen Rose freeze because Lissa gets hit with the black eyes. I mean, we did it in episode one when she was fighting Mason. So did she completely freeze or once she like, froze for a second did she knock him out like a better more feisty fighter so Is I the only one saying that no she definitely did so like she was a she had like the the knife up was about to stab stragoy froze sasha comes in kicks the stragoy but the way that rose bounces back like she lands on her feet and like is on all fours and like looks up like an animal so it, le- yeah. it looked like she was getting feral and, well, and angrier so i'm with you there maybe it turns you into crazy fighter well as we see with sonya it certainly turns you into similar to strigoi mm-hmm. you just get that barrel vampire rage so maybe that's what's going on with rose first time sonya pulls her fangs out that's pretty cool i yeah. love seeing the fangs just to just to talk about a little bit more what tatiana was saying and really triggering sonya um she was going back to the religion aspect and she was saying our faith is the foundation of our government we should we should not let it be run by the faithless we can't have a sovereign who plays at the basically what exactly Vic is doing. Like he has forsaken his commitment to the Maroi. Victor has invited Dampier to betray us by not protecting us. You know, his own daughter, Dampier, lover, betrayed us by allowing himself to be turned into Sergoy, like you were saying. Yeah, like really. that's just a, he betrayed us by dying and getting attacked and not being strong enough to fend them off. It's like, all right, you deserve to be getting bit. And and unfortunately, uh, Sonia balls out like like B times is saying. But as we find out, all the press was there to get it. You know that's playing everywhere. It looks like a rabid animal, so it's not good for Vic's campaign. Or or Sonia in general. Yeah, <laughs> or Sonia's well being. <laughs> because we get her on a bed with an IV drip. It looks like so. This is maybe maybe more of that sp- spirit user finally taking a toll on her and taking mm-hmm. away some of her life force. Yeah, and Vic essentially just says, hey, I should have been keeping better care of you previously. I'm going to get you the help that you clearly need because I guess he just doesn't want her to get sent away again, but he emphasizes I'm going to protect you. Yes. 
We did um in that montage, that crazy montage, there was a quick scene of Jesse Zeklos telling his dad that Lissa will never marry me, you know, after all this stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. His dad's freaking out saying a blood whore would be more used than you. So Jesse finally snaps and punches his dad mistake because his dad fucking punches him right back and then starts whipping the shit out of him. And that's all we got for Jesse. So no idea where he ended up. It'll be good to see him in the beginning of the next episode. And then complete flip is Lissa getting high on some earth user. Good, good. Um, She just like goes unconscious. I thought that was going to be the end of the episode. (laughs) But then the screen like fades back in and it's Rose and Dimitri watching Mason's dad like arrive at the scene in what was the name of the village? Corn Corneal or something. Corn eye or something like that. Corn eye, whatever. So Mason's dad comes to the village to essentially do what he does. He's like, oh, you know, make sure you account for everybody. I get paid by the pop, like yeah. per head. <laughs> if the um, equipment can't fit, leave it and make sure everybody comes because I get yeah. paid by the head. <laughs> Rose is sitting there listening to everything like, fuck this dude. And Dimitri comes up and it's just like, yeah, where Sasha, it's time to go. And Rose says, I, I told her to run like, come on and that was the right call i'm not gonna feel bad about it you can't make me like and i know you know that i'm right and sure enough the the big dog i don't know it's just an unnamed guardian who clearly has seniority over dimitri comes over asks for a status report and dimitri's just like uh sasha died in battle so he totally covers for rose yeah love that That thing to say easily unprovable if they just find or prove whatever if they find her like yeah well dimitri says you know that funeral fire is her you can go pay respects there yeah but exactly like if she yeah. just pops up somewhere they're gonna be like wait a second dimitri either lied or was fooled so we're gonna pull him back in yeah like she's a vampire she's obviously gonna need to like feed and be somewhere and you know <laughs> you can tell by her eyes that she's a damn peer like i i don't know whatever. this uh we also got earlier Dimitri talking to Rose saying, like, I need to follow orders. Guardians follow orders. If guardians don't follow orders, then the whole system falls apart. Um, Rose is saying the system's broken. Maybe it should fall apart. And uh, Dimitri goes in to say, like, more about his father saying, because Rose is like, I didn't even know who my father was. I don't know why he abandoned me. And Dimitri, like, I know who my father was. I don't want to be anything like him. And that's why I need to follow orders, because if I don't, I might become and end up like him so um he's kind of kind of honor bound between following orders so he doesn't become disgraced like his father almost like byakia for any bleach fans out there sorry for all the anime references um but it, it was so that's why it was so big for this moment where he comes out and actually breaks the rules he's like yeah she she died yeah he's already lying for this girl not about it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Lie for her too. Yeah, I'll bet you would. But just to tie a nice bow on this storyline, um, Dimitri covers for Rose and says Sasha died in battle. And Dimitri says, "All right, Rose. Before we head back, there's one more thing we got to do, and that is bang." Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> he he goes under the guise of giving her the uh, mo- I don't want to mispronounce Molna. it. Molnia. Yeah. Molnia, the Molnia. Yeah. But that. Yeah. They that just make cube? it the most sexual thing in the entire universe, this yeah. tattoo giving scene. And how are you not going to bang? They do. Um, I guess that's a polarizing scene, depending on who upon this podcast you ask. I'm like, all right, whatever. Bro, Next scene. 
But you two are all about it. So you, you kidding know. me? Give me a Rose age now and give me a Dimitri age now. Yes. Give me drop so the ages. We can stop being potential pedophiles. if she's like under yes. 18. Please. <laughs> yes. I mean, totally agree. She didn't need to expose that much cleavage, but he also didn't need to put the ice cube down her back. But they Ugh. both wanted it. They both wanted it. And she's like, uh, he's giving her the tattoo and he's like blowing on it to cool it. And she's like, uh, like yeah. <laughs> And um, it was a, a long buildup to the final kiss. Um, but the, the, I will say the song playing in the background, they were saying something about like anticipation. So when they were going up, they weren't finally smooching. It was taking a while. And then it finally happened. And we were like, took you long enough. I've been waiting for this since episode one. It's good stuff. Great stuff. If you're me and Paul, it's good stuff. If you're Brian, it's sketchy stuff. I just don't like them as a couple. And now they're together already. Six episodes in. Where's the where's the game of cat and mouse, man? I mean, apparently they're the main ship of the book. Well, good for the book. And (laughs) like I said last episode, there's going to be an opportunity where Dimitri is going to have to choose between Rose and his duty and his honor and literally already has. He lied to his superior like this is just going south. He's going to get in trouble. She's going to get in trouble. They're both going to get in trouble. I don't know, man. I'm just yeah, uh, man. give a me lot more of Meredith this Mia. Is morally shitty. Like the stuff he's breaking the rules for is technically morally shitty. Like he's a rule follower in like a world where following the rules is sometimes the wrong thing to do. Like when what's her name? His like superior. What the fuck's her name? Arlene or something? Did I make that <laughs> Yeah. What's her uh, name? Forgettable name. Miss Forgettable. The, the girl that in last episode, when they find out that the Shrigoi was in the test, told Dimitri to stand down because she learned about Alberta. it. Alberta, yeah. Arlene. Yeah, same. same, same. <laughs> Arlene, yeah. Um, but yeah, like she is following all the orders where you're doing a shitty thing and someone died. Multiple people died. Yeah. So mm. like, I... I can forgive Dimitri for that. I keep wanting to bring it back to like Sir Kristen Cole, who's like, Bang and Rhaenyra, spoiler alert. Well, Kristen and, calls like, the worst. Forsaking his white his white coat or whatever. Cloak. Cloak. You know, like that's different. <laughs> Actually, that rule's stupid too. Rhaenyra can bang whoever she wants. Yeah. Uh, Rhaenyra is kind of like Rose in that sense. She can just do whatever she wants. Anyway, I will end this by saying that I love Dimitri and I'm starting to really, really like Rose as our protagonists. I think that they or a weakness for each other, which is honestly probably the point of this romance and the reason why it works so well to make a captivating book storyline, but yeah. I'm not about it. Whatever. I on <laughs> to... I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But yes, on on to Hi, Lissa, who's just uh, waking up. Yeah, so actually the episode ends with the Dimitri Rose hookup, which mm. I thought they should have ended it with the Lissa reveal, but sure enough, Lissa is, we think she's awake and she's talking to Adrian poolside, just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And Adrian's just like, hey, I kind of understand a lot more than you think I do, Lissa, and I can help you, but only if you get back. And Lissa's just like, get back. What do you mean, get back where? And we just hear a wake up. And then it's like her waking up on the couch. Mm-hmm. Turns awesome. out. Adrian infiltrated her dream. He's a spirit mm. user confirmed. This dude who we already loved is now yeah. the character. Yeah. How about his line? She's like, you dream walked. You're a spirit user like me. And he's like, you up for an adventure? 
get some of those answers that you want, I was like, yes, Hot. let's go. Mm-hmm. For both both of the characters, honestly, one, he's the man, knows everything. Two, this is Lissa really starting to to gear up for her great, I hope, great uh, you know, episode in in this season. So who knows? Apparently, Adrian is like a huge part of the books. Like everyone was like anticipating, like, where's Adrian? Can't Let's wait for go. like the drop of the actor, like things like mm-hmm. that. So um yeah, he's gonna he's gonna crush for us in the in the coming season. Sweet, he, love it. He better not start another goddamn love triangle. You know, I hate those things because we actually got um while while all these scenes they were fl- hitting us with like back to back changing constantly. We had, we got one of Christian just sitting on the step looking down at the at the wooden unicorn that Lissa gave him. So yeah. he is super lonely. And all I could think about is they better not show Lissa going to this Adrian guy, but. He's the man. I love him. He was like, yeah, this is a special earth user blend. Like, I don't think you get, well, and she falls asleep. But I was like, I always pictured myself as an earthbender from Avatar. When this started, I figured I would be an earth user. Like, I need any more convincing that there's special <laughs> earth user ganj out there. Like, hell yeah. Kathleen, what element would you be? Fire. Right, yeah. Fire. None. Yeah, I think of myself as a water guy personally. So we got a nice one. You know <laughs> I mean, the way I always think about it is I always pick Squirtle. So that kind of goes against what I let's go. You know, so like I, I always pick Squirtle. If I had to do a second, I'd pick Charizard. But me is water, though. Can- <laughs> and you love Mia. So, <laughs> yeah, I do love Mia. Anyway, anything else, guys? Good episode. Five was better. Yeah ready for for kind of the the second half of this season to to unfold though i'm still very interested in what's going on agreed yes this is almost like the come down episode still very good episode but like you were saying so much happened in five um that's hard to follow up but like you were saying sets up Alyssa in a great spot sets up everybody in a great spot so the only thing i'm not looking forward to is Rose's convo with Mason. How's she going to break the news? Yikes. Mm. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think this still so much world building. This, this world is like really complicated and there's so many different things and they're really trying to fit it all in, in like this first season and these six episodes and Brian's doing this eyebrow thing. It's if you're watching, it's really good. So anyway, that was our episode. Episode six. Molnia. Molnia, Molnia, Um, yes, great episode. Um, we'll be back with episode seven next week. If you like what you heard, give Bench on TV a follow on Twitter, Instagram. Give us a listen on anywhere you listen to podcasts. BenchonTV.com. You can look at all of our old episodes. You can find all of our old episodes everywhere. We've got like two fifty. We cover a whole bunch of stuff. Right now, we're covering House of the Dragon, Rick and Morty. Vampire Academy, obviously. And now we'll be covering Midnight Club. We just started watching. I love it. I'm down one episode so far. It's great. We'll be covering them in episodes uh, two at a time. So we're going to try and crush those as much as possible because obviously Netflix is hard. It's one big drop, but we'll get after it. Speaking of Midnight Club, it's spooky season. So go back and listen to our Bly Manor and Hill House coverage because both those shows are dope. Black Eyed Threes is almost as good as Paul's 303 Don't Trust a Hoe from our Haunting of Hill House coverage. That was one of my all time favorites. Anyway, go check us out. We're Ben Shan TV.
Thanks for listening. Love you. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.